Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocks podcast. I am back today with Pam Barnhill and this is so fun. You know, Pam is like a homeschool celebrity and, um, oh, this is, okay, I'm gonna tell a really funny story. Actually, I don't know if you remember this, Pam, but I was telling someone this the other day and they were cracking up. So the first time you and I talked on the phone, this was years ago, this was more than five years ago, Garrett had set up an email address for me and it was called, it was a Gmail address that was supposed to forward automatically to a different email address. And it was hot at gmail.com. Do you remember this conversation? <laughs> I remember this. Yes. Oh my word. So I had nothing to do with this email address. It was hot at gmail.com. It, it was not supposed to be my primary email address, but somehow or another, when I would send emails, it would come from that email address. And so we get on the phone and, and we were talking about you sending some stuff to me through email. I said, do you have my email address? And you said, yes. And so you pulled up your email and you said, hottie vet at email dot, at gmail.com. What kind of movie are you making? <laughs> Jokingly. And I was like, oh no, we must change it. So shortly after that, I told Gary, I said, you, we, we have to get rid of the hottie vet at gmail.com because it, it is awful. It's such a crack up. <laughs> Oh my word. So I no longer have hot event at gmail.com. Oh, that's so um, sad. <laughs> I, oh gosh. <laughs> Especially in our day and age, right? I mean, that yeah. is just not the label I want. <laughs> I'm glad my husband thinks I'm hot, but <laughs> I don't need other people to think of me that way. So anyway, um, I'm glad to have you back with us, Pam. Um, thank you again for being with me this week. And, Happy to be uh, here. Yeah, thanks. And if you guys missed Monday and Wednesday's episodes, go back and listen to them. Um, we are going to talk today about lesson planning. And, and we left you with a cliffhanger for this yesterday. Um, this is a big topic. And this is one that, that where, where the, you know, rubber meets the road and all the mamas need to know, like, how do I actually lesson plan? So we're going to discuss that. But before we do, I want to thank our sponsor, CTC Math. Go to ctcmath.com. If you guys are looking for a great online math curriculum, ctcmath.com. They're fun. It's user-friendly. Your kids will love it. It really is an, a very enjoyable, if, if math can be enjoyable. Um, yeah. it's an enjoyable program. And so if you guys are looking for that, try them out for free. It cannot hurt. CTCmath.com. Um, Pam, let's talk about lesson planning. And we're going to just break this apart because there are lots of different ways to lesson plan. We can plan by the week. We can plan by the day. We can do a five-day plan. We can do a four-day plan. We can, you know, do loop scheduling. We can do block scheduling. And, and I know now all the moms are like, what, what are you talking about? So we're going to break this apart piece by piece. And Pam yeah. is going to help us to not be so overwhelmed when it comes to planning, um, to, to lessen planning. Yep. Yep. Okay. So first of all, we're going to separate it from scheduling and we're going to talk just about lesson planning. And then we can talk about scheduling in yes. a little bit because they are two actually different two different things. Yeah. Right. So, um, the first thing is, you know, when we think about lesson plans, we have this idea in our head of the grids. Like, you know, if you ever if you ever were a teacher or you saw inside of a teacher's lesson plan book, they had these grids and like, this is what we're going to do on this day of the week. Mm -hmm. And I want you to completely throw that image out the window, like ball it up and throw it in the trash and get rid of it. So instead, let's think about having something to do on Monday morning. That's what lesson planning is. We wake up on Monday morning, the birds are singing, the sun is shining, everything's great and wonderful. The toddler has not caused any problems. We're ready to start school <laughs> What are the possibilities? What can we do? And so then I want you to think about lesson planning in lists. 
So we're going to have a list of these are all the things we can do for science this year. Maybe there are 20 lessons on that list. Maybe there are 40 lessons on that list. We have different ways that we teach lesson planning. Uh, we have procedure lists, we have lesson plan lists, and then we have a way to handle open and go curriculum uh, that I just don't have time to go into right now. But I just want you to think about having a list of this is what we can do for science. This is my list of what we can do for history. Mm -hmm. This is my list of what we can do for language arts. And when it's time to do that subject, you simply do the next thing on yep. the list. And so you're never... Um, you know, when we have these grids, what tends to happen is, is we get behind and we get off and we're crossing things out and we're erasing them. And we just get so frustrated and we throw up our hands and we say, planning doesn't work. Right. Planning totally works. It's how you plan. Yeah. And so planning and lists, that's the thing that uh, needs to be done. So what you're saying is that when we're lesson planning, we don't want to go into this and say, Week one, day one, we're going to do lesson no. one. Day no. two, we're going to do lesson two because that's what screws us all up yep. because we can't stick to that. It's impossible. Right. I would right. say even, even the best teacher who comes up with their lesson plan for the year cannot adhere 100% to their lesson plan, but much I less was, a homeschool mom. Yeah. I was totally changing those lesson plans all the time. Like something like a pep rally would come up and it was like, right. well, there it goes off the window. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or so. there's a, a snow day, which you didn't have snow days in Florida. But. No, not in Florida, <laughs> not in Tampa. <laughs> but for those in the Northern States, yeah. um, you know, but they, or, or hurricanes, I mean, hurricane days, hurricanes. yeah, we did have, those. have hurricane days, <laughs> um, you know, so there's always things that come up and so you cannot plan like that. And so you're saying you, you plan out what things you want to get through. Now, do you at the beginning of the year, Pam, do you take your, and let's just take one subject. Okay. Let's take mm -hmm. history. You're okay. going to do American history with your kids this year. It's going to be a content area subject. So you're going to be able to use that with most of your kids, you know, yep. depending on their ages. I mean, you're not going to do the same thing with a four-year-old that you're going to do with a 16-year-old. But if you've got kids within a reasonable range, you're going to use one of those subjects that you can do together. So you're going to plan out, this is what you want to accomplish with history mm -hmm. from August or September through the month of May or wh whenever your school year is, or some people do year round school and that's fine too, whatever works for your family. And so do you schedule out like every lesson or do you just look at, okay, there's this many lessons in this curriculum, or maybe if you're doing Charlotte Mason, you know, there, these are all the books that we want to read throughout the year. And so this is how much time we have to read these books. And then you just, like you said, you just do the next thing. Yeah, I, yeah, that's exactly it. I just do the next thing. And I don't even like, um, I will tell you that my list of history books this year probably had like 10 books on it. And we've read maybe six of them. And I'm completely mm -hmm. okay with that because yeah. we've consistently done history most of the time. And right. so we just get as far as we get. And then, you know, think about any curriculum that you purchase, any textbook that you have, mm -hmm. really, they expect you to finish about 75% of the text, uh, especially right. those for those content area subjects. So you just pick and choose what you're going right. to leave out. Now, now say that again, for those who may not have heard what you just said, I want you to repeat what you just said. <laughs> okay. So think about when you were in school, how yeah. many times did you do every single chapter in the history book or every single chapter? in the science book. You didn't because when somebody writes a textbook, when homeschool creators create curriculum, they're really thinking you're probably going to get to about 75% of what's in there. So mm -hmm. 
pick your 75% and leave the rest. Yeah. Or pick the 100%. And when you've completed the 75%, you can feel really good about the fact that you've done that. You can. Yeah. Yeah. Though I will say, so what I don't like to encourage people to do is say, well, we're just going to do the first three quarters of the book and leave the right, last right, right. three Because no. <laughs> there might be some good stuff in the sure, last sure, three sure. quarters. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, totally. And uh, y- you just... That's, that's what you need to do. Yeah, sure. Well, for me, I mean, whenever any curriculum that we ever use, I don't actually go by the school year. Like we just continue on the next year Yes, with what, we're, what where we left off. Yeah. Now I don't do that with content area subjects because I tell you by the time I get to the end of the school year, it doesn't matter how much of the American revolution we've done. I'm pretty (laughs) sick of it and I'm ready to move on to something else. But with math, that is completely how we do it. Um, We just close the book at the end of the school year and then open it up again next year and just pick up where we left off. So, right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Which is great. And man, it, it, math is one of those subjects that can be very stressful when you take a two or three month break because then the kids lose some stuff. So oftentimes you're going to spend the first couple months reviewing, reviewing what you had done, you know, at least the last part of the previous year, you know, depending yeah. on what kind of math curriculum you're using. Uh, but it's always good to go back and do some kind of review for that. So, but on the same note, if you end a math curriculum in the middle of the year and you start the next level of that math curriculum, there's probably a very good chance review. that you could skip the first right. couple of chapters because it is review of something yes. that you just finished. And so yeah. there's your 25% you're not going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Okay. Let's talk about a four-day plan versus a five-day plan. What is, what is that? And, and talk about the difference between those two things. So, you know, four-day plan is very simply, you're just going to do school four days a week and you're mm-hmm. going to take off one day a week to either clean your house or run errands or or whatever. Some some people say to me, well, we only do school four days a week. We do co-op the other day. Uh, hello, co-op is school. Like, <laughs> that's five that's days. a school day. Yeah, count yeah. it as a school day. Um, or we only do field trips the other day. Mm, yeah, I'd count those as school days too. Yeah. Um, so, but the idea is you're going to do what we call year round schooling, where Mm -hmm. the traditional school schedule that we remember from growing up, maybe we went to public school, Christian school, whatever, you know, we had this long period off in the summer, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, something like that. And we schooled essentially from the end of August, beginning of September until the end of May, sometime around the first or second week of June. Mm -hmm. And we were just off in the summer. And other than that, we were in school. Well, homeschoolers, can do it differently where, you know, a lot of times we school a good 10 and a half months out of mm-hmm. the year. You know, we take off June and part of July so the kids can go to camp and stuff, but we right. start back up mid-July and then we go through mid-May. And so we're hitting a good at least 10 months out of the year. Mm-hmm. That means we can do breaks throughout the school year. Yep. So we can do a term schooling, like a six weeks on, one week off, or we can do that four days a week where we just take every single week we're taking, we're having a three-day weekend. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's so much flexibil- flexibility. Yes. Say that word. And the great thing about homeschooling is we've talked oftentimes about the importance of outdoor play. Um, and we've talked about the importance of playing games. There's things like that, that that is part of your school. And yeah. so many parents think, well, if they're not actually doing a worksheet or doing some kind of a lesson, they're not doing school. Your kids playing outside 
is school. It's so good for them and so important. If you missed our um, episode that we did, it's been quite some time, but with Jenny Urich, um, we yeah. talked about the importance of, of outdoor play and how kids are learning and their brains are developing. That is just as important, especially in the young years um, as you know, doing a math lesson and games. We did another whole episode on game schooling and the importance of games. And again, how it develops the brain and social skills. And I mean, there's so many benefits to playing games. And so that's all part of it. Field trips, so important. So it's easy to do a four day plan, hit it hard for four days and then spend, you know, like I said, have a three day weekend or spend that last day doing, you know, taking a field trip, going to the park, doing whatever it is that's fun, cleaning your house. Cause home ec, that's school too. That's I mean, school. we actually used to take <laughs> home ec in school. And yep. um, so those are all important parts of school as well. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And when we come back, I want to talk um, really quickly about scheduling. Um, and then I want to talk about morning baskets. So we'll be right back. Are you struggling with managing homeschooling your child on a day-to-day basis? BJU Press has a new homeschool planner that can simplify your homeschooling. With BJU Press Homeschool Hub, you can see your child's work for each day, track grades, and grade assignments all in one organized system. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub can make your experience more manageable and more enjoyable. You can have the resources you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the Hub can improve your homeschooling. Parents everywhere are waking up to the fact that God is calling them to teach their children His Word. BibleQuest gives you a plan and resources to do just that, using the incredibly effective classical model. Help your students memorize biblical information through games and scripture memory songs. Build their understanding with easy-to-use Bible discussions. Mentor them to be wise doers and sharers of the Word. Biblical knowledge, understanding, and wisdom for a lifetime. Try four weeks free at BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. That's BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. We are back with Pam. Um, let's talk about scheduling really quickly. I mentioned loop scheduling and I said, I never understood. I never even knew that that was a thing until Pam introduced me to loop scheduling. So talk about what that is versus block scheduling. Okay. So just the cliff notes of a loop schedule. So the idea behind a loop schedule is you're going to do these subjects for a certain amount of time each day. So you're going to list off a number of subjects that you want to do. Typically content area subjects, though you sometimes can do loops with skill-based subjects as well. But let's say we have like a science, a history, music appreciation, art, and you know, just some of those really fun things that you want to get to. Maybe uh, something like even playing games. You could put playing games in your loop because you have all these great learning games you buy and you're like, when do we ever do this? So put those on your loop as well. And you create this list of subjects and you say every day for an hour, an hour and a half, largely depending on the age of your kids, we're going to do loop time. And during this time, we're going to start at the top of this list and we're going to do a lesson in science. And then we're going to do a lesson in history. And then we're going to do art. When we run out of time, we stop. Wherever we are on that list, we stop. We're done for the day. The next day, when we open up and it's time to do loop time again, we pick up on the list where we left off Mm -hmm. and continue moving down the list. When we get to the bottom, we loop back up to the top and start the top of the loop again. That's why it's called a loop schedule. But if you have to miss a day, 
If you have to miss two days, if you have to miss a week, if grandma's sick and you have to miss three weeks, when you come back and start again, you simply pick up where you left off and start doing the subjects again. What tends to happen in homeschooling is like there's one or two days a week that always takes a hit and doesn't get done. And so you you end up in November and you're on lesson 14 in science and on lesson 40 in history. And it's because science is the one that's always taking the hit. So what the loop schedule does is it allows you to hit everything equally so you don't end up way ahead in one subject and way behind in another. Yeah. And do you, what what is your average timeframe for that loop schedule in your homeschool day? So our loop schedule in our homeschool is actually, we don't call it loop time. We actually do it in morning basket time. Okay. Um, And so ours is about an hour to an hour and a half, but I have a 12 year old, a 15 year old and a 16 year old. So you have really young kids. This is going to be a much shorter uh, amount of time. Right. Okay. And then block scheduling is your more traditional. We're going to do these things each day. Well, it it's not really block scheduling okay. in and of itself is a thing where you're doing you're limiting the number of subjects you're doing at any given time. So you have fewer subjects to track. And so it might mean we're going to do science in the fall, but we're not going to do history. And in the spring, we're going to do history and we're not going to do science. And so, you know, a a lot of times homeschool moms love to choose these like really hands-on intense kind of like, oh, we've got an experiment for every chapter in the science book and we have all these art projects for history. That's a lot to keep track of and a lot to do. And if you do all your science at one time and then all your history at one time, then you're, you're tracking fewer things. Okay. If that makes sense. Yep. Yep. That totally makes sense. It's brilliant. All right. In the last few minutes, let's talk about morning basket and you are the queen of morning baskets. <laughs> talk I don't about know about that the is. queen. Oh no, you're the queen. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling you queen morning basket Barnhill. That's your name. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So I actually learned about morning baskets from a generation of homeschoolers who came before me. Uh, Cindy Rollins was a mentor mm-hmm. of mine um, and uh, some other friends as well. And so morning basket is simply a time in your day when your entire family can come together and everyone learns together. Yep. It does not have to be done in the morning. Nope. Um, and and uh, it doesn't have to be a basket if you don't right. want to, you don't even have to call it that. Like, you know, some people call it sure. power hour. Um, we've had some people call it like uh, the miracle hours, it's symposium, circle time, whatever it is you want to call it. But it's a great, efficient use of your time. It's a wonderful relationship builder between yep. you and your kids and your kids with each other. Mm-hmm. Because if you get the box with the three on it, if you get the box with the seven on it, if you get the box with the nine on it, and everybody goes off to their room to do their own thing, you're mm-hmm. not really building those relationships. Right. We have some of our best conversations, some of our most joyous homeschooling times during that morning basket time when we're together. And basically, it's a wonderful place to put all the subjects that you want to do in your homeschool mm-hmm. and you never have time to do. I first came to this idea when my oldest was seven and I realized that we had really just kind of fallen off into checking that list. Like we were getting the basics done every day, but we weren't ever singing hymns. We weren't ever memorizing scripture or poetry. We weren't... um, you know, sharing wonderful stories or, or looking at art or things like that. 
And at the beginning of the year, I always like, oh, we're going to do it this year. And I would like schedule them into little blocks like Wednesday after lunch is going to be poetry time. And, you know, this, you know, Friday afternoon is going to be art time. And they just never got done. Mm -hmm. And by putting them all together and saying, this all fits in morning basket time and morning basket time happens every day or every day that's not a co-op day. And it's the first thing we do then those things started getting done. Yeah. So it's the way I get my big win Yeah. in my homeschool day. Like we get up, we start with morning basket. And if the rest of the day falls apart after morning yep. basket is done, we have gotten in uh, prayer. We've gotten in memorization. We've gotten, um, we've read some poems together. Mm-hmm. We've read our literature work together. We've done history or geography. It's like, We've marked like five or six subjects off the list. Yeah. Yeah. I love it so much. I love morning basket. I've talked about it often on the podcast. That is my favorite time of the day. And yeah. there are many days where all that gets done is that in math. Um, yeah. And and it's fine. And I feel completely comfortable with that because that's what needs to be done. <laughs> that's the most exactly. important part. And I love starting the day off with worshiping together. Um, we also do a hymn study and I love it so much. Um, and just spending time and we, we always, our morning basket, we always have a Bible, um, study. We, we have our family devotion time that we do with Garrett every day, but mm-hmm. during our morning basket time, I have a Bible curriculum that we go through with, with our family Bible time. We read through the Bible with morning basket. We, we have a curriculum. And so I love working through that and, um, and just digging deeper into God's word. And then we do a hymn. We always have a book or two that we're reading. Um, and I don't know what else we do. Um, that, that's basically what we do um, in history. Usually we'll do history um, as well. And so it's fun. I love it. And I'm grateful um, to have learned about morning basket time. Cause I was the same way, like in the beginning, I just felt like I was scattered all over the place and that just yeah. brought it all together and made so much more sense. So, um, Pam, thank you so much. This has been so helpful. I hope that this has been an encouragement to moms and dads, um, who are listening and who are just trying to figure out how to get started and what to do, how to just get on this road of homeschooling. And again, even for those who have been doing this for a long time, maybe it's time to just revamp and rethink what you're doing for the next year. Um, so hopefully this has been an encouragement to you. Pam, tell us really quickly. Um, I know you've got tons of resources on your website. Um, you have this book, Better Together. I actually will link to the episode we did on this book. It's been a few years since this book came out and it's called Better Together, Strengthen Your Family, Simplify Your Homeschool and Savor the Subjects That Matter Most. Talk about your new book that you had um, that just came out and then what else you have that is helpful for homeschool moms to organize and and plan. Yeah, so Better Together is all about morning baskets and morning time and Mm -hmm. why you would want to have that time of day and how to set it up and some of the philosophy behind it. And then I just recently partnered with a documentary photographer. Her name is Heather Tully. She's a mom of 10 and she's been doing morning baskets in her homeschool for 17 years. She also has this wonderful gift of being able to take these documentary photos. And so she went into nine different families' homes and photographed their morning basket time, no matter what they call it or when they do it or how many kids they have. Um, You know, we even have somebody in there who only has one child. And so um, the book is called Gather, um, Experiencing the Wonder, Wisdom, and Worship of Learning at Home. It's brand new. You can find that at pambarnhill.com slash gather. It's meant to inspire and just kind of show you. The wonderful thing is like uh, the pictures are very real. 
but it's yeah. also, this is, this is how homeschooling looks different in all of yeah. these different homes. Um, and then if you're interested in more planning resources for us to talk to you, I mean, that like, I barely scratched the surface. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. During these interviews, um, we have Put Your Homeschool Year on Autopilot, mm -hmm. which is our premier homeschool planning course. Um, you can find that at pambarnhill.com slash autopilot. And when you purchase autopilot, you get one year of our finishers club for free. So every week during May to August, every single week, one of our mentors is having a two-hour planning session. You can come and join them, um, get your questions answered. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's a mom of 10, sometimes it's another mom of three who's an expert in Charlotte Mason stuff. You know, sometimes it's a mom who is a parenting coach. So uh, you can come and join us and, and plan for your school year, and we're going to be right there to hold your hand and help you do it. So fun. Um, there are so many great resources on there, you guys. Uh, and, and let me just say, Pam, you have designed your website beautifully. It's very easy to navigate. Thank you. I don't like websites where I go and there's like 5 million buttons and I have to try to figure out how to get to where I'm trying to go. And I don't even know where I'm trying to go. And so therefore I just end up closing the tab and not looking at anything. So yours is very vi visually pleasing and very easy to navigate. So thank you for all the work that you've put into that. Um, we really appreciate it. PamBarnHill.com. We'll put all the links in the show notes for you guys. Thank you so much, Pam, for being with us this week. Thanks for the encouragement, for your expertise, and um, just for joining us and bringing the encouragement that you have brought this week. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Yvette. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for watching and listening this week. You can watch these videos on YouTube. If you did not know that, go to YouTube and look for the Schoolhouse Rocked channel on there. All of these videos are on there so you can actually see Pam and her pretty hair instead of just listening to Pam <laughs> through the podcast. But you can listen too, because if you're like me, you're listening and doing your hair or folding laundry or doing dishes or something like that. So, yep. um, so thank you guys for joining us. Have a great rest of your week and we will see you back here next week with another fantastic guest. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.